Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas on Tuesday, January the 23rd. And welcome to our commentary. This is obviously New Hampshire Day. The primary is taking place right now as I speak. And, uh, you know, we'll have some numbers uh, later tonight. Uh, we'll have some numbers to analyze tomorrow when we do our Wednesday commentary. Everybody's expecting Donald Trump to win. Uh, how big of a victory? I guess that's what we will know later later today when the numbers uh, start coming out. I, I don't know what the victory is going to be. I expect at least 10 points. But the wild card, what everybody has been talking about is turnout. And also these so-called independents who are really Democrats voting for, for uh, Nikki Haley. How that all works out, I don't know. We'll probably begin to have some idea uh, later tonight when they start analyzing the numbers or, or looking at the situation. But I do expect uh, Donald Trump to win. And I honestly don't see much of a future for Nikki Haley if Donald Trump wins by more than 10 points. I, I just don't see anything in this race for her after that. It doesn't mean that her career is over, but certainly as far as uh, being nominated for president in 2024, I think it's effectively over uh, for the time for the time being. So we'll see how it happens. We'll, we'll analyze it more tomorrow when we have some real numbers and some results to analyze. Another thing to keep an eye on in New Hampshire, it's what's happening on the Democrat side. Uh, you know, Joe Biden, President Biden, decided not to participate in New Hampshire. You know, presidents, incumbent presidents, have historically participated. Obviously, they don't do a lot of campaigning and there's not a lot of opposition, but at least their name is on the ballot. And this year, uh, President uh, Biden decided not to, or his campaign decided not to. They're going to South Carolina, I guess. That's uh, the first place they will run. But there is a movement in uh, in New Hampshire, a write-in movement for President Biden, because there is another candidate, a fellow by the name of Dean Phillips, who's running. So I don't know. It's not consequential on the Democrat side because it's not really a contested primary. But it would be interesting to see if this fellow Dean Phillips gets more votes than the write-in campaign for President Biden. That could send uh, a little message uh, to the Democrats. But very, very interesting situation and New Hampshire, and as I say, we'll get into it more tomorrow. Just a quick note, this just came across uh, my desk uh, about 30 minutes ago. Charles Oswood, who was uh, a great uh, television man and radio man for many years, he worked at CBS. He had that very famous uh, show called The Oswood File. You could hear it uh, across the country on CBS uh, stations. He would travel around the country and talk to people. And then I think on Sunday mornings, I didn't see him that much on Sunday mornings, but on Sunday mornings, he was also um, uh, one of the hosts, I think, for a while of the, of the CBS Sunday morning news. He passed away. He was 91. I used to love his radio show. Not so much the Sunday morning news but I, on TV, but I used to love his radio shows, these little uh, bits and pieces that he had traveling around the country and so on. I, I thought it was really good. And I thought he was a really professional broadcaster. And uh, rest in peace, 91 years uh, to this fabulous uh, journalist, Charles uh, Agud. Asugud. That's how he pronounced it. Sorry. Sorry about that. Well, the big story, of course, in Texas is the Supreme Court uh, temporarily uh, stopping Texas. It's not an official opinion. People are 
need to understand that the Supreme Court did not write an opinion. They simply said that for the time being, uh, while the litigation is underway, that the federal government can come in and, and take down this wire that the Texas National Guard had put up to stop people from coming into Texas. And that's what happened yesterday, early evening, uh, or late afternoon, when the Supreme Court issued that opinion. The interesting thing is, is that the Texas National Guard is still putting up wire. They apparently didn't get the memo, or they have orders from Governor Abbott to keep on doing it. This is not over. Uh, a lot of people were saying yesterday that uh, this is over. This is not over. Uh, as I said, the Supreme Court has not actually ruled on this. They've simply allowed whatever was going on to keep going on. But they haven't ruled on this. And if I was the Biden administration, I'd be very concerned about one thing. Four justices yesterday, four justices already said that they were siding with Texas. And there are still a couple of others, Justice Roberts and Justice Barrett, who could change their vote and say, no, Texas is right on this. So this is not a great victory uh, for the for the immigration activists. Uh, I would caution them in, in, you know, as far as getting all excited about, you know, winning this. This is not a great victory. This is, if nothing else, we're putting this on hold until further litigation happens. So I wouldn't get really excited if I was an immigration activist about the fact that four justices, uh, as of now, were willing to support uh to support uh, uh, Texas on this particular issue, so we'll see, we'll see how it goes. But look, I I understand the position of the governor, and I, as, as someone who lives in Texas, I understand what Texas is is saying because we have total complete chaos on the border, and we have a federal government that simply has decided to wash their hands and say we're not going to do anything, we're just going to let people in. Well, that's not a good thing. That's crazy. You're letting people into the country. You don't know who they are. I'm sure 99% of them are just people who are taking advantage of the opportunity. I'm sure that's the case. But uh, you're still taking a chance when you don't, you know, when you don't uh, do the normal vetting process that you would do with someone coming into the country. I also think there's another issue that hasn't come up too much. But I think this is a great insult to the people who are following the law and the millions of immigrants in the United States, many of them naturalized citizens like me, who went through the process and we respected the process and we were willing to play by the process in order to come into the United States. There's lots of people like that who are looking at this situation on the border and they're saying, wait a minute, what, what are you doing to the federal government? Why aren't you closing the border? Why are you letting people in like this? And of course, there are the economic consequences of all of this. Just ask uh, the mayor of New York or the mayor of New York City. Uh, I mean, of uh, Chicago. Just ask these people about the economic consequences. Denver, I just saw that their hospitals are being overrun. On the border with Arizona, the same thing. Many of the, the towns on, on the border here in Texas are going through the same, through the same problems. So this is not only chaotic, but it's expensive for the towns and the people who've been thrown into this because of the indifference of the federal government when it comes to immigration law. So this is not over. I don't, you know, don't, don't jump to any conclusions. The Supreme Court did not write an opinion. They simply kept things going uh, until further litigation. I would have preferred a five to four vote the other way, but a, you know, as I said before, the fact that four justices 
were willing to vote with Texas, that ought to send a message to the White House that their case is not uh, very strong. What happens next, I guess we will see. But, you know, there are stories that the Texas National Guard is still putting up wire. So is there going to be a military confrontation? I mean, is is President Biden going to send the troops uh, to Texas to fight with the National Guard over the wire? I mean, I don't think so. I don't think so. This, this is going to get very interesting. And I think politically speaking, Texas wins because what Texas has exposed once again is the the insanity of what's happening on the border. So they may lose, you know, in the judicial in the judiciary, a temporary defeat. But in terms of public relations, in terms of of politics, I think Texas is a big winner here. And having the governor stand up for for Texas um, makes him a big winner as well politically, not only in Texas, but I think uh, across the country. So this is not over by any means. Just uh, hang there in there because this situation on the border is going to get pretty stressful, I think, over the next couple of days. I have a post over at the American Thinker today about Senator uh, John Fetterman of Pennsylvania. And all of you remember him. He was the man who uh, defeated Dr. whatever his name was in, in Pennsylvania for the Senate. He won a close election. Many of us did not think that he should have run because of his medical problems. Well, apparently he's turned it around, and I'm happy to see that from a human standpoint. I'm happy to see that he's turned it around. But he is really expressing some opinions that make a lot of sense, and the latest one that he expressed was regarding the border, where he's basically saying, and that's what my post is about, where he's basically saying, hey, look, hey, look, you can be pro-immigration and still be uh, in favor of border security. His wife, I believe, is an immigrant from Brazil. I'm not sure about that, but I think she is. She's an immigrant from Brazil. But you can be in favor of border security. You can say, I want my borders respected, and at the same time, be in favor of legal immigration. And that's what my post also indicates that, you know, I happened to, I came to this country with my parents many years ago, and we came here legally. We followed the rules that were in place at the time. And, and I think that's, that is better. That kind of a system where people are following the law is a much better system than this crazy situation on the border where people are just showing up and you give them, a, I understand you give them a phone, they're giving them phones, I understand, and a piece of paper that says you got to see a judge at a certain time. That's crazy. That is an absolutely crazy situation and, and one that uh, should stop right away. I mean, immediately should stop and, and, and we should uh, enforce the laws the way they're supposed to be enforced. Well, one quick thing there, here as well, as we say goodbye. Today is the Hall of Fame vote. Uh, today, later this evening, we're going to find out what new members are going to go into the Hall of Fame. I'm talking about Cooperstown, the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. And around here in North Texas, we think that uh, Adrian Beltre is going to make it. He should make it. Uh, all of the indications are that he's going to get in. There's about three or four others who could get into. Joe Maurer, the great catcher with the Minnesota Twins, could get in. Uh, there's a few others uh, who uh, could get in. The Hall of Fame, the Baseball Hall of Fame, is the most difficult one to get in. The standards are very high. you got to get 75% of the vote. So it's a very tough one to get in. And it's a very elite uh, group of players who make it into the Hall of Fame. And Adrian Beltre, who everybody thinks will get in, was one of the great players in Major League history. Great third baseman. We had the pleasure 
of watching him here in Texas for seven or eight years. And he was just an absolutely great player and should be in the Hall of Fame. So we should know by early evening, Tuesday night, uh, who's going to be in the Hall of Fame. But it's just a great ceremony, and it's a great uh, uh, celebration of the game of baseball. Thank you for listening. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas. Have a wonderful day, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye, everybody.